Hey y'all, it's Dr. Janae. What's up? It's Raven and we are your favorite teacher therapist duo. And this is Houston Healing, a podcast about all things mental health, but most importantly, a safe space for Black people. Our mission is to dialogue, find support, and share resources that help in our healing journeys. And I say our healing journeys because we too are learning and growing every day. So without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome back to the Hughes to Healing podcast. It is Dr. Janae and Raven coming back to talk to you today about growing pains and failing forward. We will get into what exactly we mean by that. We all go through development, growth, periods of transition, elevation, etc. And all of us have failed at one point or another in our lives. So we just want to talk a little bit more about how growing pains can be less hurtful and how you can grow from your failures, how you can fail forward, as opposed to finding yourself stuck in this rut or in this cycle of continuous self-blame, negativity, uh, negative thought processes and things of that nature. So we hope that by our conversation of us talking about how we are on the other side of our growing pains and we failed forward to a level of progression that it'll be helpful and beneficial for those of you listening. Um, so Raven, if you want to kind of talk a little bit about some of your growing pains, some of the ways in which you have felt forward. Um, <laughs> I've been there alongside you on some of these journeys yes. as you have with me. So, you know, just one thing I always, and I've talked about this before, one thing that I admire so much about you is your ability to just be, not only just to keep it so real, but your level of self-reflection. Um, Thank you. You have this this level or this this honesty about the ways in which you recognize your shortcomings or like mm -hmm. what you did wrong so that you don't fall in that same trap. Like, you know, a lot of times people, we place blame on others. It's always like, yes. oh, they did this yep. or they treat me this way. And you will sit there and like, you will give yourself a read that'll be like, damn, <laughs> like, and, but I, I love it because it's so authentic and you, and, and you take what you're saying about yourself and applying mm -hmm. it. So I think that you could teach a masterclass on that, honestly, but oh, thank that's you. just I my appreciate opinion. That. Yes. I appreciate that. And I just want to make an announcement. My voice may sound different because I spent the whole week talking to five-year-olds and it's a lot. If y'all work with kids or have kids, you know, it's a constant, like you're always needing to redirect. So, um, and it's funny that this episode is failing forward because we were, we were talking about my freshman year. Um, I think it was like second, second quarter where I literally had a big ass lesson in life about <laughs> you know, you go to college and I was like, I'm not going to drink. I'm just going to go out and party. And of course, temptation, you know, and I remember my first alcoholic beverage at 18 was tequila. And so I had a good ass time. I was like, that was great. It really like it really amplified my experience going out. And so um, I think we went on a break and ended up drinking like sky vodka would never ugh. you know the blue one the ugh, blue bottle girl. that mm -mm, that blue mm -mm. bottle that in general no mm -mm. in general and so i remember like i was like i had tequila i got really lucky you know the first time and so ended up drinking a lot and not also understanding that when you drink you should probably wait so you can use the restroom and we had a party in like the student student center and so it was the alpha party. And I think that was like a big ass deal for us because it was folks coming in from other universities. We were a PWI. So the black community is very small. And so my ass is in this dress from high school. I think it was a dress I wore to graduation in these hills. I wore to prom. I remember I particularly Ooh, put on, yes, put on some black eyeshadow. I had my bangs and I cut myself. <laughs> 
And, you know, just was like, I was like, I'm going to pull somebody tonight, like somebody. And so um, went out and literally before I even got to the party, I told my friends I need to go pee. My friends are like, you know, go in the in the bushes. And I remember we had um, we were like, we're going to link up at this at the party because I think we well, we lived in the same dorms. And I remember talking to you and you're like, yeah, we're going to link up at the party. And I'm like, yes. So the people I was with going to the student center. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, y'all, I can't do that. So I ended up running, falling flat on my face. And I remember having text messages from folks, you, um, a couple other people like, yo, where you at? My ass is in the hospital. <laughs> That's where I was at. <laughs> Dog. I just remember seeing you after the fact, because again, as we mentioned before in previous episodes, we lived in the same um student housing like there were like we lived in this like we didn't live on the same floor but we lived like in the same tower so even if we weren't kicking it we would run across each yes. other just getting ready to leave for work or mm-hmm. going to you know go to school to class for the day and I remember seeing you and you like had those like they weren't braces they, they weren't were. wires what what was that that it was like kind of like a cast before your teeth because my teeth were so weak after the fall. Like I literally lost half of my tooth. I'm surprised I'm able to have braces right now because he was like, Oh, by the age of 40, you going to need veneers. And I was like, Whoa, 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 let's, let's chill. Cause a lot of my teeth at the bottom are like cracked and they're weak, but you know, I'm strong. Still I rise. Still still you rise. That yes, was, that was so yes. weak. I was like you I remember seeing you and I was like, Raven, what? And you were like, Oh my god, I fail and but and I was like, What happened? I remember like all in this all the skin was off your all face, girl. I was I wanted to cry for you. I was yes. like Yes. It was it was it, it was bad, but it's a story that I can tell now. I remember the one thing I was nervous about getting that bill because they had to do a CAT scan on me. It was, and then I'm then I'm at the hospital talking about, okay, y'all wrap this up because I have a party to go to. And they was like, I'm done. I need Gee. you to understand, like you are you you are you're, you're done. You are for the down night. bad. You're down bad. Yes, you're you're staying the <laughs> night here, like you're staying the nights. Um, and so that was one of those moments where I just and I remember telling my my mom. I thought my mom would be so pissed, and my dad would be like okay like no it's a total opposite and I remember my mom being like well you know it's a lesson like it is a lesson it, it happened and so like what are you gonna do moving forward you know are you gonna still drink what are you gonna do and I was like no nah, I'm waiting till I'm 21 and just like her approach to it my dad was like he was so pissed he's like oh my god what you gonna cut? are you really in school I remember I was like yo I'm really in school like chill <laughs> but I remember my mom being like okay like you you did you're 18 you're an adult and, you know, hopefully that this lesson will help you make better choices in the future. And also, I'm glad that you didn't get behind the wheel or weren't in, you know, were in a car. And so mm-hmm. I remember telling her, like, OK, like, you're right. Let me reflect. Like, my face is fucked up. My teeth are missing. But I'm going to watch <laughs> what I drink. I'm not I'm going to wait yep. until I'm legally able to drink. And that that and I was like that also like trying to get my life together. And I remember that was how I joined the church. I joined the church okay. and decided to like I should go to church on Sunday because if I if I'm like out I can't be out partying on Saturday if I gotta wake up and praise the Lord I mean you can you can but it was a boundary you set for yourself it was a boundary I set for myself and that situation you already know that situation I look back like Ooh, child, what the that fuck? church but it's a lesson <laughs> it's a lesson mm-hmm. it ended up being just a real a, a weird situation it was very like looking back very much cultish, very much like 
we serve the Lord, but we also like are with Girl, you was in a cult. Own. You was yeah, in a cult. Was in a cult. cult. Tell was, the truth. It was you a was cult. in a cult. And if I say the name, I know a lot of y'all gonna be like, oh my gosh. So you can look it up on YouTube. Stay away. They prey on young folks at universities. And so in my mind, I was like, I'm in this church to uphold these expectations because I want to see heaven. It was so weird. If y'all see me now, if y'all see the shit <laughs> Listen, I post, my Instagram, you, you're, like, you're very much, you're very much giving Beyonce church girl these days. Yes. And that is okay. That's okay. And that's okay. Yes. And, and once I like took a step back and it was when I lost my dad, I was like, this, the church ain't even helping the way it should be. Like mm-hmm. what's going on? I start going now and just like not going out in a way that was like, you're doing the most, but just like living my life. And mm-hmm. that's when I was like, Oh bitch, we got to go. You, you are in a cult. You got to go. Like, and I just start doing the things that I should have did in college. Like, you know, going out to the, going out to the club, you know, taking it. And then I would say the the fall really allowed me to be like, mm, bitch, we only doing three, maybe three shots. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to drink some water, you know, doing things in, in reason. Right. And so that really, those things today, even the cold situation, I analyze shit. I'm like, mm, like I remember somebody approached me and I was like, oh, this sounds like a pyramid scheme. You ain't, you ain't catching me <laughs> slipping again now. Fool me once. You, you got me once. Right? Come on. Shame on you. Come Fool on. me twice. <laughs> I'm not the fool. And so I was like, no. It really taught me to really analyze things. And also, like, I can I can still, you know, believe in little or praise the Lord. But within, I don't need to be in, like, a cult anymore. And so it just really, for that, like, taught me independence. And I remember my mom first asked that question. Okay, what do you, I was like, damn, mm-hmm. I'm a real adult. Because my decisions, I need to reflect on them. So I'm not in those same situations again. And the same thing with the church. Like, let me reflect on those situations. So I'm not mm-hmm. in a situation like that again. And so that was Absolutely. a big moment from 18 to like, what, 21, 22. That really helped like cultivate my like early 20s. Absolutely. And I think, you know, when people see you as, you know, quote unquote made it or as in a professional or as an adult, like they they just assume that you don't have these experiences that you haven't gone through growing pains or you haven't failed forward or you haven't just failed and fell flat on your ass. And I think that like, you know, stories like this, the critical part or what's super important is about, like you said, what you learn from the situation, how you grow and things in that nature. Um, I know for me going to college, one of the things that continuously was a part of my journey in the growing pains and the, the failing forward was like, Okay, I'm first generation. Mm-hmm. I don't know what college looks like. I was tracked this way, like, oh, you're smart, you're going, but I didn't know what it was. I didn't yeah. have anybody in my family that I can like call. I didn't have an older sister or a parent that I could be like, hey, like, you know, how do we navigate this? So kind of just being thrown into the situation that I had been like talked up and talked into, but I didn't know what it was until I mm-hmm. got there. And then it's like, okay, I'm here. What major am I going to select? Like, what yeah. am I going to do? What's my career going to be? And I remember that being a huge thing that maybe I put too much pressure on myself, but it's just a common question you get the second you meet somebody. What's your major? What are you studying? Yeah. What are you going to be? What are you going to do with that? And I was like, I don't know. I, and I was like, it was super overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I started to place like, I started to guilt trip myself. Like, why don't you know? How come yeah. you don't have this? Like, you know, since I was a kid, I wanted to be blank. I'm going mm-hmm. to school to become blank. Like, I didn't have that experience. And so- 
there was just a lot of pressure that I felt like um, I was putting on myself. And it wasn't until like I went to college and I selected a major and I started taking courses. I was like, mm, this isn't what I thought it was yes. or this isn't for me. And then it was conversations with professionals, with upperclassmen, doing my own research where I finally like figured out what I wanted to do. And just in terms of selecting a major. And then it was like, well, what do you want to do with that major? What do you, how do you see yourself making a career? And for myself, uh, my career was all about making an impact. It was, mm-hmm. I mean, of course I need money. I like nice things, yes, but it was yes. like, how do I connect the two? And so that was a part of the process. That was a big part of my, my feeling forward. It was like, okay, I, I like this way. No, I don't. Okay. Now I realize I want to go into mental health. Okay. Do I want to work with this population or mm-hmm. this one? Do I want to specialize in this topic versus that or both or neither? So there was a process that I feel like it opened my eyes in college, like, you know, early on in underclassmen, freshman year and things of that nature, but it continued on really until recently, I was like, okay, like this is my lane. This Mm -hmm. is where I feel comfortable. This is where I feel like I make the most impact. So people who meet me now are like, oh, you're so polished and put together. And and I'm like, listen, like it took many, many tries, retries, Mm -hmm. pivots. And so the growing pains is something that I think we don't talk about enough um, because we want to like you and you mentioned social media and things like that. Like you want to look a certain way. You want to present yeah. yourself a certain mm-hmm. way. You want to secure these jobs or whatever the case. But we all go through those growing pains, um, you know, and I think one of the things that. You know, for me, after I got into my particular majors and my disciplines and I was like walking that path, I I went immediately to grad school after undergrad. But I remember finishing grad school. Now I had a master's. Mm-hmm. I was a professional, et cetera, et cetera. I just had this expectation like, OK, I've done all I needed to do. I've gone to school all of these years. I'm now a professional. I'm independent. I had moved out of state at this point. So I really was like, I got it together. So, yeah. And when that didn't translate into this, like, again, what, whether life. you call it what I saw in movies and TV or just my own expectations. I was like, I'm still struggling. Like I got to pay these loans back now. I'm barely breaking even. I'm like, I got a salary, but the (laughs) the salary isn't salarying enough for me. Like, and so I remember that being like this, like the next level of my adult life where I was like, Ooh, girl, like this is a big growing pain. And I really struggled with navigating that whole process. I'm like, did I make the right decision? Mm. I'm like, Am I as grown as I think I am? Like, why is this? Why is this growth so painful? Like, why am I still struggling? And so I think that that was the next layer for me. And I found it wasn't until I was then working with students that I really was able to recognize like how our young adolescent brains think and the messages that were sent and were taught and how like we're not supposed to have it together as young adults, as adult adults, like to be honest, like we're We're still learning. That's part of it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Still learning. And so I think that when we hear growing pains, when we think about it outside of the quite literal definition, Mm -hmm. we think about, oh, teenagers, adolescents, 20 somethings. And that's not necessarily necessarily the case. And I think that's the part that, you know, we have to spend more time talking about and and discussing that discomfort that we find at various intervals of our life, even when we consider ourselves for real adults, real, real grown. Um, And I know you talked about, you know, you had a lot of growing pains and failing forward moments in college as you were, you know, navigating this period of time where you're going from being under the care of your parents to like, you know, transitioning into independence. Mm -hmm. But you also have talked about moments in time where you've had this, these growing pains as an adult, you know, post-college. So talk a little bit about that with me. Yeah. So similar to what you mentioned of like, 
being in college, trying to figure out what the hell am I going to do, right? Especially being Mm -hmm. first generation, not having anyone to help you like navigate that because they went through that. And so Mm -hmm. I feel like I was sold this, this idea of like you go to college and then, and I knew that wasn't the case, but like you go to college and you're not poor anymore, right? And so also understanding that like we're breaking a lot of generational curses. And Mm -hmm. with that being said, like a lot of just like, treading water that is uncharted and so mm-hmm. for me going to work full-time was like damn I have a salary and this was a mm-hmm. first because my mom at the time like barely actually she wasn't working when I got my first job like I mm-hmm. was the first in my family to have a salary job with insurance like that's a big ass deal my mom probably thought I was like diddy like just like wow and I'm like get the private jet out now right let's go (laughs) you know we doing big things and I thought the same like I can take trips I can buy a car and it was like girl you swear you swear I I legit was like I can travel I saw that salary is it was it started at 36,000 I ended at 38,000 that was girl that was and then every time I got it every two weeks I was like this money is going really quick you know back in the day $20 can get you far but twenty dollars wasn't twenty, and like it was back then, and it really ain't now. So Listen. it was a lot, <laughs> and I was also—I don't know how I did. It. I was also sending money back home, and so um, mm-hmm. just learning how to navigate like my finances by myself, like that was a big deal. Like I was constantly mm-hmm. overdrafting. I was using my credit card, and in like um, when I was overdriving, like using my credit card in the meantime, um, I just, and I also was like, this was after the church. So I was also just living my life, like, you know, going out to eat. Um, also, you know, going out and going to my job hungover. And I was like, Ooh, I can't do that anymore because bitch, this is your livelihood. Like you need to make sure you Mm -hmm. are like fully rested, fully alert, um, Mm -hmm. at the workplace. And that was, there was a lot of just like, roadblocks in that time that was a very depressing time for me because I really thought like damn I thought things were going to like be better and then them student mm-hmm. loan letters start coming in. I was like damn mm-hmm. like one mm-hmm. we should have been in college for free 99 if anything but I was just like damn I wish and a lot of times I took out loans I remember I took out loans I would never forget a lot of a lot of folks <laughs> talking about refund checks I was like I didn't get a refund check somebody's like oh because you know it's, your stuff is paid for I was like oh hell no I want a refund check and I got like maybe twelve hundred dollars, right? I was like, I want, and it, everything was paid for, and I didn't need to do this, but I did. Went down to Forever Twenty One. I <laughs> balled out, I, and I, and you know what I balled out on? Them colored fucking pants. The red Every color, ones, the the neon ones, the, the red ones, the turquoise ones, the ones. red ones, all <laughs> them. I bought out. So then I literally, when I got that student loan letter, I was like, damn, bitch, like. This because when you balled out for, and then I, I didn't want, I didn't want a Toshiba. I didn't want a PC. I wanted a MacBook. So I got a, my Ooh, dad was like, come on. I, I bubbled up and got my MacBook with my refund check. I'm not going to hold you. Yes. That's when I bubbled up. And then every time I came out, I made sure that my book was out. I was like, I got a MacBook, <laughs> not a computer. It's a MacBook. Because no case, no case. Cause y'all finna see this. Yes. Y'all finna to see this Apple product. And <laughs> it was just, but also like fulfilling these expectations, right? Like I saw mm-hmm. people the way that they dress, the, like, okay, I need to get my hair done. I need to make, but all of that cost money. And mm-hmm. it was money that I didn't have. And comparing myself to others, and that was when Instagram was coming out really big. We, we just graduated, and I'm seeing people like, I'm like, how the hell are you able to travel? Like, people in Paris, mm-hmm. people, like, taking trips, and people in, you know, 
taking trips to the Caribbean and just these really like extravagant. This was before like Instagram stories. We had, we had granny pictures, but you know, mm -hmm. people getting married and buying homes are going straight to grad school. And I was just working just like a regular office job. And I was still mm -hmm. living in the apartment in the college town that we lived in these, the most jankiest apartment complex there was still had mm -hmm. a roommate. Like I felt like I didn't level up yet. And I mm -hmm. was just like, mm -hmm. what the fuck? I thought I was supposed to, it was either, either I stay there, or I'll go back home and live with my mom. And I was like, I can't mm -hmm. do that because ain't nothing out there. And mm -hmm. so I just felt a level of just like, well, damn, like if this is life, then I I don't want this. I did not I'm sign not living up for this. It. You feel defeated yeah. a lot of times. And I think that's bigger than the growing pains or the failing forward that we're talking about. But I think that it is intrinsically a part of this chapter or this this season that we all go through multiple seasons of our mm -hmm. lives is it's that comparison. It's that trying to keep up with the Joneses, as my mama yes. would say. Like, it's always, okay, I see that this person's doing that and I'm not there yet. This person is on in this part of the race and I'm, I'm, I'm way back here. Mm -hmm. I haven't passed the baton yet. I haven't reached, you know, this landmark. And I think that personally and professionally speaking, that's a big part of why we don't grow from our pains. And that's why we yeah. don't fail forward a lot of times. Mm -hmm. We just continuously find ourselves in this state of pain or we find ourselves just failure after failure after failure. There's yep. no growth and there's no pushing forward because we're always in this constant state of comparison. Yep. So one of the things that's critical to get yourself out of that cycle and find yourself growing from the pain that you're in or failing forward into the next chapter or the realization or what you're supposed to learn from that is to cut that comparison out and you have to yes. stop that. You have to, you have to confront that head on. Mm -hmm. Why do I feel like I'm not enough? I'm not doing enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not successful enough why am I not blank enough yeah. and you will often find that it is tied to a comparison it's yeah. tied to a comparison or an expectation somebody else set, set for on. you exactly and and that's the part of it when you stop and you're like wait and you you validate all that you've done you validate mm -hmm. the the work that you've put in even if you're not where you want to be but when you step back and realize okay I feel this way like you said because I didn't go straight to grad school or because I'm not married or because I'm not able to travel internationally yeah. when you're like well why why do I need to mm -hmm. why do I need to go straight to grad school why do I need to be married like I don't even like half of y'all why am I talking about marriage like exactly let's start there exactly like let's let's start there and when you realize you're like oh I'm trying to uphold these societal standards or these cultural norms, mm -hmm. or I'm trying to be like this person, or I'm trying to have emulate this person's life. When you recognize what you're doing, then you can stop and say, okay, this is my journey for a reason. And then you'll that finally part. realize what you were supposed to learn from and grow from in that situation. Um, and I think that's when you actually are at this space where you are going to take something from again, this, this job that you, this entry level job where the salary is not giving you what you, but what yeah. am I supposed to learn? What skill sets am I supposed to obtain from this so that mm -hmm. I can move on so that I can elevate so that I can go into this other industry. And that's when you start to maximize the lessons you're supposed to learn from these spaces. No, exactly. And I, I also appreciate what you said of like, I like not comparing yourself and also the expectations you hold. Cause that was a big question that I was asked in therapies, like whose expectations are you trying to mm -hmm. uphold? And I mm -hmm. had to sit there like, damn, like that's a very simple question, but that's also a very like loaded question. Mm -hmm. And also having to sit with myself and figure out what do I want for myself? And I didn't have that figured out because I'm trying to, I'm trying to do what I think is right or what mm -hmm. I think is correct. So people, when people look at me, 
they can be like, oh, she got it figured out. That's what I wanted. Mm -hmm. But at mm -hmm. the end of the day, you're trying to please people who probably don't won't even look twice at you. I probably don't even mm -hmm. like care about what you got going on. And if it mm -hmm. is in that way, then they're not really like part of your community, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's a big one of like, I was trying to uphold these, like I want people to look at my life and, and know that I got it figured out. So I have the perfect relationship, the perfect boyfriend, the perfect job. Mm -hmm. And then when all that shit's taken away, you're like, oh shit. Like when I went through the breakup, you know, I was like, oh snaps, like, I'm single and I'm in my late twenties and about to approach in 30. Like, what are people going to think? And what are, but it's mm -hmm. like, what do, did you even want that? Mm -hmm. And not, and, and it becomes more so I want to impress the people the way that I feel impressed by others. So it, again, it becomes this cyclical mm -hmm. nature of I'm trying to obtain what I think I'm supposed to have. And then I'm trying to make my look like, make my life look attainable. And then it's like, why are you happy? Are you content? Are you doing what you want to do? Exactly. Are you in your lane running your race? Or am I trying to do this because this is what I want y'all to say about me and think about me. And I've absolutely fallen into those traps myself. Um, and so one of the questions that I started asking myself and anybody that was a client will tell you, I asked them this when they mm -hmm. find themselves in these similar situations, my immediate question to those intrusive thoughts or these um, standards that I feel like I'm supposed to be upholding is immediately, but why? Yeah. And I, and I, and I want to answer. It's not a rhetorical question. Yeah. Listen, I talk to myself <laughs> and I answer back. Y'all do with so, that what you will. I do but the same. Listen, the question, but why? Like you said, Oh, I, sh I should be married by now. But why? Who, yeah. Who told you that? Oh, you should be this far and you're, you should be making this much money. But why? Like, mm -hmm. why can I not be in this position, learning the skill sets to go into the next one that gets yeah. me to this income, this salary that I want, that I deserve? You know, so my, the question is immediately, but why? Because when you ask that, but why you start to realize, oh, because my mama said that, or that's yeah. because the people in my family said we're supposed to do blank. Or, you know what? I saw this on social media and that person. And you realize when you, when you get to that, but why you get to break down and chip away at what is burdening you to make you feel like you're not enough or you're not, you're not doing enough? Yes. Yes. And that question is such a hard question. I hate when I get asked the but why question, but it's mm -hmm. such a good question because you, you realize this is not something I actually want. Like it's something mm -hmm. that I think, you know, because I see all like my friends doing it. I'm like, well, should I be wanting to do this? Should I desire these same things? Mm -hmm. And it's been a big lesson for me. Like, learning that we, even my mom, I thought she had it together, you know, like, and I'm like, she was just learning how to navigate the world as an adult. My dad mm -hmm. thinking he had it together. And I think realizing like, none of us know how to do this thing called life. We're just trying our best. And I think mm -hmm. staying, one thing I've been like, staying in my own lane and also not judging people, right? Mm -hmm. Who I deem as not doing X, Y, Z. Cause I mm -hmm. was a big one too. Like, oh dang, like, Another this, another that for, you know, certain people. But it's like, if I don't want that same judgment, then why am I doing that to others? And I think absolutely that is something that I've been trying to be intentional about. And also like when I'm feeling just kind of like that feeling of like, ooh, girl, like you in your 30s, like what's up? But like also like doing that check because it's not, it doesn't just end in your 20s, right? It's, it's a continuous, mm -hmm. you mentioned that early, like we're continuously mm -hmm. going through cycles and continuously asking yourself, the but why question 
And and that means Absolutely. also getting to know yourself. And it can be scary. No, you 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 literally just took the words out of my mouth. I was gonna say that a big part of why, outside of just again, just the structure of life, a big part of why we go through growing pain so intensely or why we feel like we're failing so much, um, is because we don't know ourselves. We mm-hmm. have not sat with ourselves and quieted out everything else. And like you said, gotten to the core of who we are, what we want, yeah. how we define success, and bigger than success, how we define happiness. Um, we're yes. always, we're often always trying to chip away and take pieces of somebody else's playbook, mm-hmm. uh, what the standards are. But if you sit against some people are like, I am okay and content with insert this lifestyle that everyone else may deem not good enough. But if yeah. you are okay with that, then live your best life. But exactly. if you trying to have this, you know, this happy marriage and these kids and this huge house in the suburbs and you don't want to be married. You don't want kids. Mm-hmm. You don't want the upkeep of a big house. Like, yeah. and it's okay to say that. Um, but until you sit with yourself, you're not going to know that. So I think that's a big part of, you know, in addition to the, but why, and mm-hmm. from that, but why question is when you start to recognize the like, okay, I need to do some self discovery. And so, when you're going through this, these growing pains, when you're going through this, this, these cycles of failure, as you may, de- you may be deeming as failure, that may not be that they might just be life lessons that you are not, um, again, self-aware enough to recognize what you're supposed to take from them. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the first thing you have to do is quiet that noise. You really have to quiet the, 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 but wise and the so-and-so yeah. said this and social media is showing yes. me that. And mm-hmm. this is what my culture and community tells me is acceptable and appropriate. Um, so you have to quiet all that noise and figure out who you are, what you want and what that means for the, the, the best you in the present, but the best you in the future, like the, yes. your best future self. Um, and that's a hard process. That's it a really is. hard process to sit and ask the, but why, what do I want? What do I need? Why am I rejecting these things that are deemed successful or deemed, you know, appropriate? And so that's where I definitely think you sit down and partnering with the therapist. That's yeah. where you're going to really it's, be confronted with this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, because that's the same thing that I'm out there. Quiet, quiet the noise. And I was like, how the hell am I supposed to do that? Like, Mm -hmm. how do I do that? And I think one of the things that I like was intentional about is sometimes when I'm feeling like comparing myself, taking a break from social media, right? Like Mm -hmm. taking a break Mm -hmm. from, from Twitter. Cause there's a lot, a lot of topics, a lot of threads about what's right and what's wrong. Um, and, and just going out and doing things. I remember there was one point in my life where I was like, I don't have a social social life. I don't do mm-hmm. things. I don't travel. And so I remember a therapist was like, okay, then like, why don't you? And I was just like, and we got into the nitty gritty. I was like, okay, I don't have the money right now. I don't have the time. I don't have the, you know, well, what can you do in your, you know, the next thing in your city to like have a similar realistic. experiences, right? And mm-hmm. so just encouraging me to go out more. And so being intentional, I, I like to take myself, I like to eat. I realize that I love to go to restaurants and eat good food. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I remember waiting on, I was like, I'm, I'm waiting on the, the perfect relationship because we can do that together. And she's like, well, why can't you do it now? Mm-hmm. I'm waiting on my friends to do it. It yeah, was a literal, why? but why? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I started doing that. I started like, oh yeah, I can do these things. I can go out to these restaurants. I can get dressed. I can wear that perfume that I've been waiting to wear. Now I can do it. I can be in the present now. I can also mm-hmm. like take inventory of like, I, oh, I do have a social life. It might not be the mm-hmm. social life that I thought I wanted, but I do have a social life. I do. I'm mm-hmm. always with, you know, community all the time it might not be the way that it looks nice for an instagram reel right where we're in in bali or in paris or in jamaica right like 
But also I can get there with my friends too. We can also do that. We can plan to do that, right? Um, Absolutely. And so that was one thing of like quieting, quieting the noise and just find out what I like and just also trying shit. Like, okay, let me try this. Let me do this. Let me make time for this, you know? And that was a big thing in my development. For sure. And it's it's a perfect example of how you quieted the noise, realized what mattered to you or what you enjoyed. And but you were putting these expectations on it. Like you said, like, oh, when I'm in a relationship, I'll go do blank. Mm-hmm. I like to eat. I'll eat well when I'm going on a date or on a, when yes. I'm with a man. And so your therapist pushed back and was like, no, you've identified that this is something you like. Here's how you do it in the here and now. Exactly. Take yourself out. Go out with friends. Or like you said, you're like, OK, I want to travel, but I don't have the resources or the time. So it's like, again, you recognize that traveling to these places or in these parameters is something that's going to fulfill you Mm -hmm. you can't do it right now but then she pushed back what can you do right now what are the local events what are the nearby states what are the things that you can do in a weekend that you have the time and the finances for while you're still recognizing you're just putting that goal that you've set because you want to set it not because like you said you want to do it because that's what's what's supposed supposed to happen you're like i want to do this Mm -hmm. i can't do it right now so i'm gonna put that on my vision board i'm gonna put that you know as a goal on my savings chart but for now, for, for this weekend, I'm going to go here and I'm going to do that. So you don't deprive yourself of those things because you're not necessarily in position. Yes. Um, but all of that came through the asking yourself, but why? The quieting the noise and determining what you wanted out of this thing called life. And then you being challenged and held accountable by a therapist. That's yeah, the only yeah. reason you found yourself in those spaces. Yes, exactly. Because she would ask me, what did you do? What did you do since last time we met? And I'd be like, if I didn't have anything. Well, did you do your homework? Did, did you, you do, do your homework? Because every sometimes <laughs> I didn't. I just put myself into work. What we talked, you know, and, and then I would realize mm-hmm. like oh, I had a really crappy week and the weeks where I prioritize like what she said, where, OK, I'm going to get a do a quick, quick trip to the neighboring city or I'm going to try these new restaurants. I feel really fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And it's also like was just a big reminder to like live life now, be in the present. Mm-hmm. Right. What what mm-hmm. can I control in the moment to not feel this way? And, it, and it's so why when I start doing that, I have people who would be like, Oh my gosh, you seem like you're always having fun. You're doing this, you're doing that. And I'm like, okay, I'm not doing a lot of nothing, but it it really like people also start noticing that I just seemed a little different. Like you seem happy. People notice your happiness. It's bigger than what you're accomplishing. Yes. You know, are you know, were you on a boat this weekend? Were you posting something that was super expensive or attention grabbing? It's like people really notice that you're happy and they're radiating toward that joy that you're exuding. And I think that's bigger than us trying to uphold a certain standard or fulfill a certain lifestyle it's really walking in our genuine happiness um and what fulfills us and i think that a big way that you can do that especially when you find yourself navigating life and you're not where you want to be just yet because of because of what you've determined not because of what anybody else has Mm -hmm. but i think a big part of feeling fulfilled and feeling that contentment comes with expressing that gratitude in the now because again we can absolutely be striving for better or striving for different or recognizing that we have long-term goals but when you stop and you you give yourself credit for where you are today when you express gratitude in the now you really find yourself radiating that happiness. You really are like, you know what? I really have, I really worked hard for this. I've really done what needs to be done. I still have more ways to go. I got Mm -hmm. a lot more life to live, but you have to stop and recognize where you're at now because where you are today is not where you were two years ago. Exactly. You worked really, really hard to get to where you're at now. So no, it may not be the house you want, the salary you want, the relationship, the family, whatever, the traveling that you want, but you've you've taken yourself to a place of growth 
and that needs to be recognized and honored. Exactly. Um, so you have to constantly check in with yourself and be like, I'm, I've done a lot. I'm really proud of myself. And, it, and it's just the fuel to keep going and doing more of what you want to do to be who you want to be. Exactly. That That is exactly has been like, and I have to remind myself those things. I have to remind mm-hmm. myself to look back on what I have accomplished and like take note of that and also just honor like some of the shit we went through was like just normal adult shit, right? Like just normal mm-hmm. things that a lot, when you start talking to a lot of people, you realize a lot of people have similar stories mm-hmm. or similar, like similar roadblocks, block, similar struggles. And there's no perfect like journey through through life right and mm-hmm. so that is something that I I even I'm consistently trying to do now is like give gratitude because the spot where I'm at now I'm like okay I'm very comfortable I'm loving my the skin I'm in I'm loving where I'm at but also expressing that and honoring the raven you know five years ago ten years ago mm-hmm. honoring mm-hmm. the raven who fell freshman year the one who who, <laughs> who joined a cult right who would go girl, to work yes. over you know who's crying over a nigga where I was just like boohoo crying over him like thinking I was not going to make it through life when that relationship ended right like and honoring look at you those now. parts of myself look at you now right cause like now I am here and now mm-hmm. like I'm able to like have better tools so when I do go through another breakup Another fall, because you know I went through another another fall. Child, you did. You did go. That's did. crazy. Yeah, that is a part of your testimony. But that. you, the second fall was better than the first. Yes. Because because you fell forward, literally I, and figuratively. I did. I did. Low y'all, key. I really, y'all you really fall on my face you again. You do. <laughs> you do. You live for a fall, child. But... Honestly, I think that that's the biggest part of this. Like as we go through life, one, it is not an individual experience. Like it's a collective experience. Mm -hmm. So we need to lean on community. We need to be open and transparent. Everything is not this bottled up, polished thing that we want to make it. Like you said, that that vulnerability and that transparency is what helps somebody else through their chapter or whatever they're going through. But in order to, again, grow from these growing pains and in order to move forward through your failures, you really have to ask yourself, why? What is making me feel like I'm a failure? What is putting me in pain? Mm-hmm. Quiet the noise, you know, sit with yourself, recognize what you want out of this thing called life, continue to work toward your goals that you've identified for yourself and your yes. happiness while recognizing how far you've come and how well you've done along the way. Exactly. And don't be afraid if it's messy and don't be afraid if you feel like like ill about it, right? That's a very a yeah. normal thing. Honor those emotions. I think there are moments where I was just like, ill. I do not want to deal with this side of myself. But mm-hmm. also honoring that side of myself. Like I didn't, I was like, ill. Like I don't want, let me close, let me close my journal. I don't want to deal with this. But like <laughs> I had to in order to get to this space and now be able to better navigate like other growing pains that, you know, mm-hmm. I'll, I'm, I know I'm going to go through. Absolutely. For those of you listening to us and with us today, continue to grow, continue to move forward in this thing called life. Be honest with yourself and with others. We hope that you will contribute to the conversation. Let us know what you're doing to enhance your life and your well-being. Uh, and if you're not already doing so, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. If you're still not following us on Instagram or Twitter, please do so at Hughes to Healing. That's H-U-E-S to Healing, no spaces. We'll also have that linked in the episode notes, but our Instagram is where you'll find our mental health resource guide and it's a space for us to connect. 
Yes, connect with us. We want to hear from y'all. Tell us what's working. Maybe you have some questions as you're navigating this journey, but just know that between Janae and I, we got y'all covered. We are always going to keep it real because this is a conversation and we are committed to this with you. So with that being said, Janae, is there anything you want to let them know before we sign off? As always, if no one has told you this today, you got this. Shout out to you for making it this far in the episode, but most importantly, for making the commitment to your mental health to show up and engage with us. So until next time, we will talk to y'all later. Bye.